Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you Is that low battery light blinking for you? If so, you have come to the right place. This is your next step from the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. I am Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle is with me. Pastor Doyle, when that low power light is blinking, it can be the body, which we talked about a couple yeah. days ago, but it could also be the mind. It can. You know, I, I think about that. What's funny is this year, um, I had to get a new phone because it just wouldn't hold a charge anymore. And I had had my phone for over five years, and I hadn't broken it. I, they, they even gave me the the refund for taking it in. You oh, know wow. what I'm saying? And and I was like, I was so proud of that fact, you know. But I think what happens is life begins to wear on us, and um, that's why we're not able to keep a charge. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to start with your mind, and I think if you've been through a trauma. If you've had a certain experience, like uh, I know people that have been in a car accident, it's so that makes them emotional when they're in a car. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, d- different traumas. And so you can go back and the Lord can help you and you can be free of that trauma and you can be recharged by him. And and that's what I find in, in Scripture is that, that God can train us to get over the the pain from this world. And that's why this is really important. Yeah, so we're so glad that you're here to talk about this. We want to work together to allow God to renew the charge in our minds. That's where we're going to start right now on Your Next Step. We want to talk about how your mind is really key. It's essential to you getting uh, your life going and moving. And, and sometimes when we're in this low power mode, it's, it's a lot like your phone. You know what I'm saying? When that low power mode kicks on, it, it starts shutting down systems. Well, your body does the same thing. When, when you and I are in low power mode, we don't do our best thinking. Just, just remember a time, remember a time when someone woke you up and asked you a question. How many times do you give them the wrong answer? It made me think about it this way. You, you know the comedian Jeff Foxworthy? He, he, he says, uh, you might be a redneck if. You might be a redneck if you wear cowboy boy boots with your shorts. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> you know, I think about low power mode. You might be in low power mode. If you're looking for your keys and they're actually in your hand, you know what I'm saying? You, you might be in low power mode if you hit the snooze button three times this morning before getting out of bed. See, when we're in low power mode, we're struggling to think right. We don't give our best thinking. And so let's take some time. Let's look at the Word of God, and, and let's see what God would say about how we get out of low power mode, and, and what are the tools and resources that God gives us 
uh, to deal with low power mode in our minds, okay? As of course, I told you, Jennifer is here. She's my wife. If you don't uh, know that, uh, this is my girlfriend and my wife. That's right. Uh, someone was confused one week. I talked about Jennifer, my girlfriend, and I'm like, well, we're married 31 <laughs> years. It's okay. And, and so, I'm Mrs. Doyle, too. Everyone that's calls right. me so, Mrs. Doyle. Mrs. Doyle. <laughs> and so today, let's, let's talk about low power mode. I want to give you a scripture. It's from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is speaking prophetically to uh, the army of Egypt because God is, is dealing with the Egyptians, okay? And he says, I'm going to send you out to battle. And we know historically the battle that he was talking about, we also know historically it did not go well for Egypt, okay? Uh, and so listen to what he has to say here in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 46, verses 3, 4, and 5. Prepare your shields, both large and small, and march out for battle. Harness the horses, mount the steeds, take your positions with helmets on. Polish your spears, put on your armor. What do I see? They are terrified. They are retreating. Their warriors are defeated. They flee in haste without looking back, and there is terror on every side, declares the Lord." So you can go into battle with confidence, or you can go into battle fearfully. You can go into battle unprepared, or you can go into battle prepared. And see, what, what the prophet is saying is, you've got to put on your armor. And, and when you look at this passage, he makes it very, very, very clear. He, he's not just talking about one or even two things. There's a process that you have to go through. There's, there's, there's actual... Uh, equipment that you're going to need to protect you in war. And I think what we do is we take the, the spiritual reality, we take the, just the wear and tear of life, we take it way too lightly. And, and we think, well, I'm okay. And, and so we, we, don't, we don't take the, this armor seriously. And I believe what God wants us to do, what the Word of God challenges us to do, is to put on the full armor of God and approach every day from the perspective that I've given you life and that you're in the midst of a world that is hostile, okay? There's a world that's hostile to the things of God. There's a world that's hostile to, to living your life for God, and you need to be prepared for that. And so that's why we want to talk about this. The world says that we're in a mental health crisis, but God doesn't say that. Just because the world says it doesn't mean that has to be your future, that you have to be in a mental health crisis, because Jesus said that we are in the world but we're not of the world. So we do have to live here until we get to heaven one day, but we don't have to be of the world. I've noticed that several of you are taking notes. I think that's great, okay? I just want you to make this note right now. Say, how am I preparing myself every day? How am I putting on my armor? How am I listening to what Jeremiah has to say? What would that look like for me? You and I need to make sure we protect our heads. Protect our thought life to deal with it. Uh, one of the things that Jennifer and I talked about is just because the statistics are rising doesn't mean that you and I have to be a part of the statistics. I want you to hear that. Let it seep into you. You do not have to be a victim of the tide that's rolling through. You don't have to be anxious. 
You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to worry. God has some solutions. He has some resources. But you and I have to take hold of those resources. We have to be willing to investigate them and put the time and the energy into it. So looks at, let's look at what, what we can do to protect our head and our thoughts. This is from Philippians chapter 4. Paul is speaking to the church at Philippi, and this is actually part of his closing thoughts. This is what he says. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God's, to God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to say, think about, finally, brothers, these are his last words. He really wanted us to get this, to think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is excellent, whatever is lovely, whatever is praiseworthy. Think about those things. And it says, whatever you've learned from the word or received from me, put it into practice. And when you put it into practice, then the peace of God is going to transform your mind. That is a choice. The little teeny, teeny, tiny choice that we have to make every single day again and again to keep the peace in our mind and in our heart. What, what Paul invites us to, what the scripture invites us to, is to be proactive. Mm-hmm. That means make a plan for your thought life. Today, I, I was reading, uh, our, our reading today is from Psalms 109, and this is how David starts. He said, O God, whom I praise, do not remain silent, for wicked and deceitful men have opened their mouths against me. They have spoken against me with lying tongues. With words of hatred, they surround me. So David knew that people were speaking negatively over him, okay? They're talking against him, and he's like, no, God, I'm going to take that to you. God, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you to deal with the words that are coming against me. What Paul is saying is there's, there's a world that's speaking against you right now. It's telling you, you need to be afraid. You need to be depressed. You need to, you need to, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm God's child. I'm designed by him. He has a plan and a purpose for my life. Begin to look at the word of God and what it says about you. You're God's child. You're God's friend. You're precious to him. Begin to speak that out over your life. God's not mad at you. He loves you. I, I love this, this, this quote from Dr. Tony Evans. He's, he's a pastor. He's a theologian. He's wonder, he, wonderful. He has a, a radio program, The Urban Alternative. The enemy wants to distract you from the plan God has for your life. Satan's ultimate strategy is to lead you off course. But thankfully, God has a strategy, strategy to keep you on track. Do you leave your home every day realizing that you have an enemy that's going to try to trap you, confuse you? See, you have to recognize that there are forces, all right? And yes, sometimes it's people. He uses people to say something negative to you. It it can be your own children. It can be your spouse. It can be your roommate. It can be your best friend. It can be your coworker. And, and, And what Paul is saying here is he says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. 
And he, he says, begin to pray. So God's strategy for training our hearts and minds is prayer while we live in a very real world and, and we take a hold of these thoughts that come to our mind and we evaluate them. We begin to, to look at them and begin to be, take control over them. Well, that's right. Who said this? Who said it to you? Did somebody say something to you that was untrue that, or didn't line up with God's word? You have to filter that thought. Or did, uh, did, you, pro- did you provoke an answer because you pushed a hot button and they, then they spoke something negative over you? Or is it just the enemy lying to you? You have to identify every thought and take it captive to the obedience of Christ. What about, you know, I'm, I'm an empty nester, so I'm never going to see my kids again. Well, that's not true. You're going to see your kids again. They're just finding their way. Or what about, I'll, I'll never lose this weight. I'll never be healthy. You know, what, your cancer is going to reoccur, Jennifer. You know, what are the lies that, that come into your head? Some of those are straight from the pit of the enemy. Um, may, you know, maybe he tells you, you can't start that new job because you're just not smart enough. You're just not talented enough. You could never own your own business. Those are the, there's so many ways that the enemy lies to us, doesn't he? We're going to go through a recession. You're not going to have enough food. You know, on and on and on it goes. But you have to identify those lies and say, does it line up with God's word or not? And if it doesn't, you have to cast it aside. And I, I think verbally to say, uh-uh, that's not true about me. You know, we, we, we listen to those lies. You want to read Second Corinthians? Let's talk about how to discipline our mind, Okay. Your mind is a tool, and you have to recognize that you have authority over your mind, what you put your mind on, where your mind wanders to. Don't let your mind wander. In in Revelation, it says that uh, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Mm. That means that you have an enemy that knows he needs to lie to you about you and to you about others. And so don't always believe everything that's said about you or about other people in your life. Second Corinthians chapter 10, okay? Paul's talking about uh, the ministry and spiritual warfare, beginning in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity mm-hmm. to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So Paul says that when a thought pops into your mind, a, a thought that says, well, you're not real smart. That's one I had to deal a lot with. Growing up, I struggled uh, in school. It wasn't easy for me to, to learn some of the basics of, of reading and, and that process. And I got in a downward spiral. And it, I had to come to a crisis point. And uh, ultimately, my parents saw the need for me to get a tutor. You know, in, in today's world, they probably would have labeled me. Uh, when I went to school, we didn't have labels yet. And so they, 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 didn't, they didn't tag me, bag me, and leave me to the side. Any lie that you believe again and again and again becomes a stronghold. And so you have to, it's, it may be even more difficult to rid yourself of that lie because now you've believed it for so long, it's built up a wall in your mind and you think that's who you are. And so you, you can 
combat that with prayer. Sometimes it's so strong that you need another believer to hold your hand and agree with you because there is power in agreement for those lies to be broken. For my, for my freedom in, in the case of those negative thoughts over my life, yes, it was about prayer. I had to pray, okay? I want to be clear on that. But I also, my parents hired a tutor. I went to summer school, and I had to work my way out of the lie to learn that I could learn. And so you may have a lie over your life that, that you've got to deal with. We're going to talk more well, about the negative. Well, another way to clean up your mind, the other night I was up in the middle of the night, and I felt like God said, read Daniel. And so I was excited, and I, I, I started reading Daniel with fresh eyes, and I looked at it. You know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they really put their mind to things. It says that they were learning, they were growing, they had the best diet. Everything they did put them at the top of the leadership in the nation, and they were surrounded by wicked, evil kings, by governors, people that were doing all sorts of ungodly things. But Daniel, it says that he knew how to solve difficult problems. And I just challenge you to take your mind and whatever problem that is that's overwhelming to you, ask God, Lord, together we can solve this difficult problem. You've given me the ability to think, to research, to study, to learn, and to put the good things into our mind because God wants to bless your mind with the good things, we have to go back to just studying sometimes. Yeah, see, when you look at the, the life of Daniel, there's several really powerful examples in his life. Um, Daniel was certainly a, a man of prayer. Yes. That's why he went into the lion's den, right? He was praying. He had the habit. Three times a day, he would pray. He, we know that, that Daniel would seek the Lord in his mind, he would read the scriptures and he would be praying, and God revealed to him that in the, according to the prophet Jeremiah, that God was going to return the people to Israel. So Daniel trusted what the word of God said, not what their captors said. See, you and I live in a world that's opposed to God, and we have to live like Daniel did relying on the Word of God, His standard for the way I behave, not the world's standard. He didn't abandon his prayer life because they said it was illegal to pray. He didn't abandon uh, the Word of God because they doubted the Word of God. See, these are all the principles there. And he refused to bow to the idols of their day. He did not bow. And so, so when we look at this, Prayer breaks down the strongholds in your mind. And so what I've had to do is when someone says something to me or I have a thought that comes over my mind, I have to take that apart and say, well, Lord, is, is this really from you? Or it, what, do, do, I, do I come underneath that or not? And so you, you take it before the Lord in prayer and you compare it to the word of God. And, and the other thing that I've learned is that the, preaching the word of God brings freedom. What I mean by that is when I'm down, when I'm tired, when I'm exhausted, I actually get out uh, sermons of, of the preachers that I like to hear. I don't listen to my own sermons because uh, I, I don't like listening to my own voice. But, but I have, and so I find that when I hear the, the word of God preached, and see, if you'll notice in Scripture, wherever the church goes and preaches the word of God, people get freedom. And I go so far as to say that if you are struggling with memory loss or even dementia or something along those lines that God can set you free or someone has told you that you have mental illness, 
Prayer is key. God can still, he's, he's greater than anything. I think sometimes we think that that is something that he can't fix, but God can. I, I've literally witnessed him reverse uh, memory loss for one woman for three years. It was really a powerful miracle that I saw, but I believe that prayer can even change your mental health. And, and part of the process too is if you learn to take what you're going through and write it down to journal, Yes. We've learned over the years that if you'll, this is why if you'll read the word of God every day and write down what God is teaching you, you, you get it out before him. Uh, another thing. Well, is talking. You know, you think about the cross, this beam is talking to God. You have to have that. But if someone tells you only prayer, that's not enough. You have to actually get it out. So we have the cross beam this way. You think about it, you're broken in community, Right. You're also healed in community, and we have, to, we have to share with a trusted, healthy person. We have to, if somebody had food poisoning, you wouldn't say, hold it in, hold it in. No, they have to get it out, and you have to get it out, and you have to get it out before the Lord, and you also have to get it out with one another, and so you need to talk it out, and you need to be also that safe place for someone in your home to talk it out and to share. You know, silence is actually a form of neglect. And it can be mental anguish if you need to share with someone close to you and they do not let you talk it out. It, get it out. It, if you don't get to the root of the hurt and the hate, you bypass the possibility of forgiveness. And that's the same thing with your mental health. You have to get it out. It's poison if it's held inside of you. As a veterinarian, my father, we would get these calls and we would go out to to a farm or a barn or... And, and we would arrive, and, and, and many times, uh, not intentionally, they didn't realize that this animal had been wounded. And the first thing we would have to do is, is to wash that wound. And, and, and sometimes they were really in bad shape, and, and, and we would just kind of have to soak it. You know what I'm saying? We would have to do a lot of work to get that wound cleaned up. And, and what we're trying to help you see is that it's not wrong for you to say, you know, I was wounded when I was a child. Someone spoke over me that something that has always made me feel negative about who I am. See, you, you, have, to, you have to bring it before the Lord and say, God, I need you to, to cleanse me of this wrong this wrong attitude, this, this misunderstanding about who I am. And, and can I tell you this? I've seen God heal amazing scars in the natural realm, but also in, in the physical and the, and the spiritual, okay? Here's something you might pick up with your kids or your friends. We say this a lot of the staff. will say, okay, umbrella of mercy. <laughs> I'm about to share something, and I just need your mercy right now because I need to get this out. And can we talk under kind of a covering of protection and safety and mercy and you can also do that with God. You can say, God, I, got, I have to humble myself before you. I need your mercy because I, I'm trapped in my mind on this, this problem. And, and he, will, he will offer that to you. Yeah, Jennifer might say to me, Doyle, what do you think of this al- outfit? And I'll say, can I have the umbrella of mercy? <laughs> this is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. 
join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. If you'll pray with me right now, I believe that God's going to move, that God's going to change some lives, that God is going to transform the world in which we live in. And so I invite you right now, let's just, let's do this together. Let's not waste any more time. Let's just bow our heads and go before God. Let's just pause and pray for our children and our grandchildren. Father, your word uh, speaks of our families as though they are a quiver, like they are arrows in the hands of a skilled archer. God, you know that when that archer grabs that bow and he pulls it back, he's very intent. The the king came to the man of God and he said, strike the ground with the arrows, and he did not strike it enough. And he said, too bad. He said, if you had struck the ground more, more would have happened. So today, we strike the ground on behalf of our arrows, on behalf of our children and our grandchildren, and we aim them at you. We are praying today that our children and our grandchildren would be submitted to you. You wanted our quiver to be full. You have given us this quiver, and we're asking you if it is your decision to give us more, that that is our submission to you. But God, we're praying that our children would honor you, that they would serve you. God, we're praying that they would get the best education to fit their gifts, their ability, so they might fulfill their calling, which would bring glory to your name and would bring more people into the kingdom of God, into your fellowship and serving you. Total submission and obedience to your authority and power. That's our prayer. It's our prayer that they would submit our, themselves to your will the way we have had to learn to submit ourselves. May they have a heart for prayer. May they have a hunger for righteousness. May they have a knowledge of your word. May they be able to stand against the devil's schemes and the evil lies of this present darkness and that they would lead. They would lead their generation even better than we have ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I know know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that, but I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com, that's our website, and give us your email address, and we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address, and then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me, agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. Your Next Step is a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 
888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.